Care to press your luck, Charles? I don't think I can stop them all. From listening to this episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Reflux Capacitor, flaxing, crew, distinctions, scanning for X-Men, 2000, prepare to rewind in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and video games from 15 or more years ago. You can find this episode at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 111 111 there where there are links oh, to contact cool. us and 111 is like wolverine's claws comes oh out. i guess so in a way yeah that's that's yeah. true that's kind of cool um anyway you can go to that link to find links to contact us and vote on the movies we cover and there's also a Patreon link, Patreon link, if you would like to be one of our awesome patrons helping fund the show alongside Brian Keating, Deborah Powers, Jared Holzhauer, Chris Cowan, Patrick Hicks, Michael Kelso, Diego Avila, The Feel and Film Podcast, and a secret patron as well. Thank you all so much for contributing to this show, helping us fly, and it's it's so awesome that you uh, you support us in that way. Um, my name is Francisco Ruiz. I'm a dad, designer, and a Deadpool downer. Yeah, I'm not a big Deadpool fan. Uh, and I predicted... Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. There go all our listeners. And I predicted that X-Men, the 2000 movie, would be a nostalgic movie. And I am joined, as always, by my good friend, co-host, and first mate, Paul, the Master Interrupter Powers. Hi, Paul. Hey, Francisco. How's it going? Going pretty well. Uh, my trivial question for you, Paul, is this. The scene in the train station where a young boy smiles at Cyclops and he oh, smiles yeah. back... Was, I like that. <laughs> was unplanned. Yeah. The, 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 the face was so genuine on the boy. Yeah. Experience. So apparently the boy was a huge X-Men, X-Men fan and Cyclops was his favorite. Oh, uh, cool. The scene originally called for Cyclops to look at the train schedule, but according to Brian Singer, the boy could not stop smiling at James Marsden, who played <laughs> Cyclops. Uh, yeah. Finally, during one shot, Marsden just looked back at him and smiled, much to the boy's delight. Uh, Brian Singer liked the idea so much he kept it in the film and told the actress playing the boy's mother to react the way she did, which cool. it was like, "Get away from him! He's wearing a visor!" Ah! Apparently, I don't know. That's why why she reacted that way. Uh, Paul, my trivial question for you, she based on handicap. all of that, <laughs> <laughs> is who is your favorite X Men character? Oh, for some reason, I've always liked Kitty Pride. Oh really? Shout, yeah, Shadow Cat. Who was not played by Ellen Page in this movie? What's no. going on? Yeah. <laughs> but okay, Sorry. cool. Kitty Pride, nice. Uh and what was your prediction for X-Men? Uh classic. Classic, okay. Uh now we are we're this is so awesome because we're actually doing a crossover episode with the Feelin' Film podcast crew. We both, we've, we've had Patch on the show before, but we also have Aaron, uh, who I'm going to introduce in a minute, but for, we'll start off with Patch, who is our ship's yeoman. Uh, so Patch, That's not fair because man. I was actually a yeoman in the Navy. Well, oh, you, cool. Earn it. Stealing, stealing, earn it. Earn, earn it. Earn, earn it. it. 15 years. No, no, this one. Earn, earn it here. This <laughs> yeah. is a podcast yeah. yeoman, so you, you got to earn it. You don't get to just carry those. Don't sit on your laurels, Aaron. Be on the show more, <laughs> yeah. and you'll get your rank up. It's as simple I, as that. I'd be an admiral if that were the case. <laughs> 
not true. Don't mutiny, Paul. Um, but, okay. <laughs> but we're we're so thrilled to have both of you guys on the show to talk X Men, uh, and maybe we'll talk a little bit about why we're covering X Men with you guys uh, a little bit later. But hey. um, I want to introduce back. Welcome back to the show, Patch or Patrick Patch Hicks. Uh, if you want to hear the last show Patch was on, go to retrorewindpodcast.com slash 106, where we talked about the boy who could fly. Um, but, Patch, here's yes, your trivial question. The mansion used at the, Z- at the Xavier School served as the Madison Mansion in Billy Madison, the Luther <laughs> Mansion in Smallville, and the Queen Mansion in Arrow. Uh which mansion from the comics would you rather own, Patch? The Xavier School, Wayne Manor, or Tony Stark's house from Iron Man, which, based on the square footage, is ostensibly a mansion? <laughs> oh, man, just on the... Uh, I-, I would love to own the Xavier School. Really? Okay. Yeah, because I was talking to Aaron when we were watching this this week, and I said, I could totally like be a student here if I had <laughs> some kind of mutant powers, because it's just it seems like a very cool... like you know, above ground school and then underground, other cool stuff going on. So I don't know if the actual mansion comes with a below ground X-Men. Oh, it does. No, 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 it should. Yeah. Because I was, I was going to totally say, Oh, because I say from the comics, I'm sorry. You're right. My bad. My bad. I was, I I think I agree with you, Aaron, because the Xavier school has the danger room and that is so awesome. Oh, that's where they train, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's basically a holodeck. Yeah, yeah. It really is. Yeah. And then Sitting you have the holodeck. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, very good, very good. So welcome back to the show, Patch. So glad you're back. It's and good to be here. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, sure we'd, like, that way. we'd like to welcome for the first time the other member of the Feline Film Podcast, Aaron White. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Thank you, guys. It's great to be on. Great to have you on. Uh, Aaron, I have a few more questions for you since this is your first time to the Retro Rewind podcast. First, uh, what do you do for a living, Aaron? I am an administrative director at a YMCA. Oh, okay, nice. Uh, what is your favorite movie genre? Ooh, genre, sci-fi. Sci-fi, very good. Yeah, sci-fi. And here is your trivial question. Hugh Jackman took ice-cold showers every morning of filming in order to help get into character. This tradition started when jumping into the shower at 5 a.m. before realizing there was no hot water. Shocked awake, but not wanting to wake his sleeping wife, he gritted his teeth and bore it before realizing that this mindset, wanting to scream and lash out at something but having to hold it in, was the mentality that Wolverine is in constantly. He then made the cold showers his Wolverine preparation routine for each film featuring the character. Wow. Aaron, do you have something that is crucial to your wake-up routine for work or for getting ready for your podcast? Boy, um, I mean, the, the easy answer is to say coffee in coffee. the morning. Um, so I think I'm not a big routine guy when it comes to that. Uh, bugging Patch to make sure that he has his notes in <laughs> on time would be my routine for getting ready for our podcast. So. I, so you truth, don't truth, watch truth. La La Land to get ready for the podcast. Oh, man. No, because then every podcast would be about La La Land, <laughs> which would be okay. If you say so. Um, and <laughs> Patch and Aaron, I've neglected to ask you your predictions for X-Men. So let's start with Patch. What did you predict for the movie? I predicted nostalgic. Nostalgic. And Aaron, 
What did you predict for X-Men? I predicted classic. All right. So we have two nostalgic predictions and two classic predictions. It'll be very interesting to see how those uh, finalize out here at the end of the round table. Paul, will you please? (laughs) That would be quite the upset, but I suppose it's possible. Uh, Paul, would you please uh, enter the course for Alice and we'll get on to the time folding into 2000. And awkward transition continues as I say. uh, (laughs) Okay, Alice, let's get a roundtable discussion on uh, the X-Men movie, the first one in the year 2000, including what we liked and what we didn't like and what we liked most and what we didn't like most and come back for our final rating. Very good, very good. Thank you, Paul. And yeah, uh, Alice, when you find that target, please uh, engage the systems for it. Alert! Alert! Approaching target. Spoilers are coming. Establishing analysis vector. Ladies and gentlemen, we are now seeing another stage of human evolution. This summer, the future is here. There is a war coming. You sure you're on the right side? All right, the '90s house music. I was going to say, <laughs> "Welcome to the oh. future of house trance music." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, did we remember that from the 2000s? There aughts, maybe. But here's what we remembered about X Men in our memory mind melt synopsis: Nazis. Then Rogue kisses a boy to death. Well, almost, basically in a coma. She goes on the run to Canada, where she meets Logan. Later, Wolverine drops Rogue off at Professor X's school for the gifted, but doesn't want to stick around. Wolverine says, What do they call you? Wheels? <laughs> Mystique, abducting the senator on the helicopter. Nega Gandalf is creating a device to turn the whole world into mutants or liquid jelly. Didn't they fight some people with fire and ice and claws? Wolverine leaves, saying goodbye to Rogue, gives her his dog tags, and says he'll come back for the and says he'll come back for them. Wolverine joins X-Men to stop Magneto and his group while giving the Statue of Liberty a trim. Finally, I love seeing Gandalf hanging out playing plastic chess in a, in a plastic tube. Um, I, I think they were glass. Prob- not plastic. Oh, anyway. yeah. Well, okay. Oh, well, 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 I think that's Inception worthy. Because. Oh yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, didn't, some of that was correct, some of it wasn't. Uh, but let's talk about what was completely correct in terms of the technicals of how this movie was made, how it did at the box office. Paul, will you please give us those? Sure. X Men uh, rated PG thirteen, runs an hour and forty four minutes, and was released in theaters in the U.S. on July fourteenth. So you missed the July 4th mark. That's weird. Anyway. That is odd. Let's see if the X-Men can pick up afterwards. That <laughs> goes. <laughs> it stars uh, Hugh Jackman, Patrick Stewart. Boy, there's a lot of them. Ian, <laughs> Ian McKellen, Fomke Jensen. How do you say that? Fomke Hot. Fink. All Fomke right. James Marston. I guess. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Anna Paquin, Ray Park, you know, the... Uh, 
the toad guy Darth who's uh, cut, cut in half at the end. Oh yeah, kind of. <laughs> uh, and it goes on and on. And let's see, the box office, the the budget for this film was seventy five million dollars, and went on to gross about three hundred million. Whoa. <laughs> Well done, X Men, and um, uh, some of the actors in this movie have been in uh, past. Have the actors have been in movies we've covered in past episodes? Uh, particularly, Ian McKellen was in uh, Lord of the Rings: The Fellowship of the Ring episode as Gandalf, obviously, uh, which was retrorewindpodcast.com slash one zero five, and Fomke Jansen was on the top of things in our Goldeneye episode, which was slash one hundred. <coughs> So, did any of them appear like in any '80s movies with like some uh, cocaine parties back then? Seriously? Boom! There it is. Seriously, Paul? <laughs> no. Okay. Oh gosh! It's like just a softball thrown right at you, and you just nailed it right there. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone wants to know why that, why I'm perturbed at that reference, go back and listen to any of Patch's past episodes. <laughs> well, um, it sounds like it's my fault. Right? Yeah, it <laughs> is your fault. I think it's Francisco's <laughs> fault for not was... liking cocaine parties. <laughs> drug abuse (laughs) resistance education people dare okay um i thought you said shrug (laughs) shrug (laughs) it's like what do you have against shrugs okay (laughs) i have anything against shrugs and let's talk about what we don't have against this movie uh let's talk about the things we liked about x-men and let's start with uh, one of our guest hosts uh aaron what's one thing you liked about x-men Wow, one thing I liked. Well, I will start by saying that I really enjoyed the dialogue. Mm. There is quite a bit Mm. of interesting, fun little quips in this one. I feel like this movie really kind of set the stage for what eventually we have seen in kind of an overload fashion with Marvel. Um, There's just so many little nods to this. And I think this was really one of the first comic book ensemble films that we got. Yeah, I think and so, so there's just little like you were mentioning, Paul, that you love Kitty Pride, who's really not in this at all. But there's right. just this brief moment where Professor Xavier says, "Bye, Kitty," and she yeah. walks through the door, and Logan yeah. looks at him like, "Huh?" And he just says, "Physics," and it's just it's just like that's the little introduction we get to Kitty Pride. We don't get her whole story, but comic book fans know immediately, like, "Oh yeah," like we get mm-hmm. a lot of those moments, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the other one that just sticks out to me the most is toward the end, uh, <laughs> uh, Scott and Logan are in the jet going to the oh, Statue yes, of Liberty yes, yes. fight. And Logan says, you actually go outside in these? Because he's got the X suit on. Uh-huh. And Scott just looks back at him and says, well, would you prefer yellow spandex? Yeah. And, you know, in hindsight, yes, I got Yes, I would prefer yellow spandex, It's a little spandex, cheesy, please. too. You know, like, you're like, you know, ah, it's kind of a goofy line. But at the same time, the fan in me just kind of cheers and yeah. you know, gets really excited. So yeah. I overall thought that they handled that part of the dialogue well. Mm-hmm. And for me, that yeah. made it a, a, a much better film. Okay. Why do you ask questions to which you already know the answer? <laughs> no, I agree. The dialogue in this was excellent and, mm-hmm. and throughout the film. Yeah. Yeah. Th- there was one line that stood out to me as just being very, um, not, it was odd, but odd in a good way. It's when, it's when Rogue says, are you going to kill me? And then, you know, you, you expect like in normal. Movies, oh, a like, bad guy no, said, no, no, no. Yeah. And you, you hear, you make, yes. you just go, yes. 
And then it's like, whoa, that's just chilling, right? Yeah. <laughs> but at least he's honest. Um, yeah, exactly. It's good to be honest. No, Bond, I expect you to die. <laughs> no, exactly, right? It's a, <laughs> a Dr. No or Oh, my goodness. Goldfinger. Uh, yeah. Patch, what's something you liked about X-Men? Uh, well, I love the casting. I thought that you know, I was familiar with Patrick Stewart from his um, – his time on the Star Trek Next Generation, and mm-hmm. I always knew if they were going to make an X Men movie, it was going to be Patrick Stewart playing Professor Xavier. Yeah, either him or, or Mont- Montel Williams. You know, just one of the two. If you wanted to go, you know, black wow, okay. <laughs> what? That was a running joke in high school. That was like, yeah, Montel Williams, he's going to be the diverse Professor X. <laughs> All right. Anyway, yeah. But, what about Sinead O'Connor? <laughs> there you wow. go. I mean, that, that would probably be in the you know the reboot at some point. Um, but no, with you know, with Hugh Jackman, of course, my love for him is you know has no bounds. But you know, Famke Jansen, <laughs> you've got just Anna Paquin, all these great actors that came together for this for this uh, for this movie, and and they just they own their roles mm-hmm. completely. Yeah. Like I, by the end of the film, I, I wanted to say, for the most part, all these main characters solidify themselves as their particular uh, you know particular character so I would, Anna Paquin's always going to be <clears throat> rogue to me and and uh, Femke Jensen's always going to be Jean Grey and all that. I would I would agree with you for the mo- for the majority of the roles I I'm, don't yes. agree with all the roles I'm not on board with you there but for the majority definitely um, who do you not agree oh can we talk about that I want to know who you don't yeah. agree with uh, I <clears throat> okay Let's, I would honestly like to see a different rogue I, I prefer the older rogue from the cartoon the 90s okay. cartoon okay so, I, Anna Paquin was sort of out of left field for me. I would prefer to see her as Jubilee or something, I guess. This is a young rogue, you know, so in later I movies, she's the older okay, then, rogue. Okay, they have, why do they have, don't get me. Oh, okay. no, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's getting his soapbox, ladies and gentlemen. That's, I can see no, it. I he's, standing, he's standing up on it. You know, okay, go. so, no, 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 you answered the question. You would, you would yeah. like rogue. Okay, moving on. Uh, but speaking of, I mean, speaking of characters, though, something I liked and this, I think this is completely coincidental, and probably no one else. You guys probably don't agree with me, but when the movie starts and we're in Germany, and um, you see uh, young Magneto and what, who you assume to be his parents, I got this vibe that Magneto's dad kind of had this resemblance to like an aged Michael Fassbender. I'm like, well, that's kind of interesting. <laughs> Oh, you're projecting that. There's well, no there's way. No way. Yeah. You go back and watch it again. You you'll see. <laughs> I'm not saying he's one for one or anything, but he kind of looks like if Michael Fassbender put on 40 years. That's how he would look. Good. I'm glad it worked out that. <laughs> uh, Paul, what worked he out? He did look for- like an assassin. Oh my goodness, Paul. Yeah. What worked out um, for you in this uh, movie? I the production quality really amazed me, oh, especially. Yeah. If- Starting from the opening scene, you get the detail of the mud and the foot so- and the soldiers and the the gates and everything. Mm-hmm. From shot one, moving forward, everything looked like it was handled really well, top notch with uh, mm. great quality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron or Patch, do you, would you agree with that, or was that something you liked? Mostly, yeah, I would say I agree with the the general. Uh, cinematography, as it were. Yeah. I, I wouldn't agree if we were going to talk about effects, but uh, uh, yeah, oh, it was landscape, nice see- landscapes were good. 
it was nice to see that they were taking this movie seriously because they tried like when they tried before this when they tried to do a a fantastic four movie that they weren't going to release and then a justice league movie under you can find them on youtube but Mm -hmm. those were done in less quality and so when looking when this comes on the screen you're like okay they're treating this well they it's it's good to see yeah i i honestly i liked that they didn't i don't think they could have done it at this time but this is sort of a a a consistent beat for us but that a lot of it it seemed like a lot of it was practical effects like explosions and what have you which were I always enjoy those more. So mm-hmm. um, I like the visuals in terms of that. And I, I, I kind of felt like the, the visual effects like Cyclops' beam and things like that held up pretty well. But, I thought um, that was good, but we'll talk about what effects uh, didn't hold right, up later. Fine, fine, fine. Well, I, w- I would tack on that um, in line with what you're saying, Paul, that I think we mentioned this on our, on our Interstellar episode that, um, that we feel like I think Brian Singer cared for the characters. He cared for the story enough as a director. Yeah. Are you to be saying able to, Brian Singer directed Interstellar? No, I'm saying just like with Chris Nolan and how he cares for the stories that he tells enough uh, to be very meticulous and how he casts and things like it. that. I mean, it's one thing to say, hey, X-Men's a popular cartoon. Let's cash in on that by making a decent to not really good movie mm-hmm. uh, so, we right. can, so we can earn on it. And I think what Brian Singer World did... Combat. Particularly with the first two movies. <laughs> Hashtag truth. Uh, the, <laughs> I think that, I mean, I think that's what solidified him as a, as a pretty good director and the fact that he's trusted with these properties. And, yeah. Um, and what did he do with that trust? Yeah. What did he do with that trust? Yeah, I, I know. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> um, Aaron, Are we talking about Return of Superman? Oh, okay. no. I, I wasn't. I was talking about Apocalypse. But, Aaron, what's something oh. you liked about X-Men? The first well, one. uh the first one. So we're on. The, we're talking about the first movie, the, right? Yes, now. not any of the other ones. Just <laughs> to be clear, in case anyone forgot <laughs> in the last fifteen minutes, I thought. I'd well, keep you know, you I thought point. maybe we just roll through X two and X three and just keep going. And Superman Returns. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness! He's a future past. I mean, let's just knock them all out. That's a good Jack one. and the Beanstalk. Um, let's just go. Brands whoa! Good, so. Whoa! What's the that would be. Infinitely better with Wolverine in it, I've got to admit. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Wolverine and the Beans. Anyone? Aaron, go. I really like the real world connection feel of this series, uh, the movie hmm. series. Um, I think, again, this set the stage for what eventually Marvel would do mm-hmm. uh, with bringing kind of this modern day concept into the comic book movie world. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, we've, we'd always had modern day uh, tales in the comics, but in particular, you know, this is a story about senators who are trying to you know the world is trying to cope with the realization of mutants being alive which is one of the biggest stories in the comics mm-hmm. um and the mutant registration act and how do we handle these outsiders and there's a really timely moment at the end of the film a speech uh, where magneto is talking to rogue about how america was supposed to be the land of tolerance and i mm-hmm. literally like gr- i just was like oh my gosh like how how this is the year that's kind of really apropos to nowadays in 2017 that's what huh? i'm saying it's apropos well yeah so, i suppose so but um you know it just it was you know this was interesting to, to see the modern take yeah. on it being like that and then kind of fast forwarding to where we're at now as a country mm-hmm. um, and i just thought that they did a great job of that you know most most comic book films leading up to this had been much much more in the cheesy realm yeah Campy, storytelling yeah. and this one i think like patrick was just saying 
Singer really tried to take it more seriously. Mm-hmm. And man, did it pay off as a whole. Oh, totally. thing, well, two out of three paid off, but. Oh, oh, oh. Well, no. Movies. I would say um, Days of Future Past. So I would, uh, let's well, see. That's well, four That's four of his. So uh, three out of four. Uh, no. Yeah, three out five, of four. Five, five, six. Oh, yeah. Four out of X5 one, X2, Days of Future <laughs> Apocalypse. So four to six. three out of four. One plus one plus two because that's plus a great two title. plus one is yes. <laughs> anyway, okay, cool, Aaron. So <laughs> <laughs> that's my transition back to Paul. Um. Okay. This this I just thought this was amazing. This brilliant concept because I I read a few of the comics before watching the movie. I think I, the cartoon came out. Anyway. But the whole idea of Wolverine killing Rogue or almost killing her yeah. was never even remotely touched on on any of the readings or any of the shows I saw. But then to have her use reach out and touch him to heal herself from that, uh-huh. I just thought that concept and the way they did it was so amazing. And it I remember it blew my mind the oh, first cool. time that I saw it. I was like... This is such a great, and it fits right in with the characters, and it was just so well done, and mm-hmm. the fanboy in me was just <laughs> on a whole nother level there. So I, and rewatching it, I still think that scene works really well. I think it does, except for why did she go into his room? That's the oddest thing to me. For oh, she know. wanted some milk and cookies. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh my goodness! <laughs> I, I was gonna say something, but now I'm just—I'm I'm at a loss. <laughs> I mean, I'm at a loss. <laughs> that was actually Paul. That was actually almost my classic maker for this oh, film. Cool. Same here. I love Same that here. scene. It's probably yeah. my favorite overall scene. I think it captures perfectly the tone of this series and how the seriousness of it. Like it's—it's it's yeah. more relational in general than your typical comic book story would be. So I think it's a phenomenal scene. Yeah. And I definitely love how Hugh Jackman played this, like, Oh my gosh, what have I done? Someone please help. And, and just like almost panicked for this, for this hard day, you know, it's, 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 it's pretty cool to see that. Um, He has a heart. Hard a, I'm hard donkey. Is that better? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Donkey. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that'll do donkey that'll wolverine do. and shrek <laughs> so wolverine's gonna make his way through the uh, world of cinema as this podcast goes on that something like amazing that. Something thing like that. wolverine as wolverine, robin hood wolverine in la la land <laughs> yes <he> could, <laughs> you know what if he played opposite ryan gosling he'd probably get an oscar oh goodness gracious patch what's something else you liked about x-men well i was i mean Aaron kind of stole it, which is not surprising. But uh, <laughs> drive it like you stole it, buddy. Drive, I just, the the overall plot itself, I think, was uh, I'm not going to rehash what what he said because I mean he really kind of summed it up. But mm-hmm. I think what makes this um, a timeless movie is the fact that what started out in the comics. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a it wasn't a plot that was made up. It wasn't like, Hey, this is going on in the world. Let's recreate that on the big screen. I mean, this was a very much a central focus of the comics. And so Mm -hmm. I think the plot did something. It did two things. One, it paid homage to what people are familiar with in the comics, the, Mm -hmm. the the overall themes Mm -hmm. and it by 
I guess as a byproduct or maybe by design has held up so well over the last you know 15 years. The mm-hmm. fact that this is still an issue that people are still uh, they fear things they don't understand. And, yeah. that, and that story has been told and told and told and told and told, but it's so much more on the nose and uh, with the X-Men franchise. And at the same time, it's a, um, it, it's, it's just a, a general story that everybody can connect with. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's got a very human quality to it. Mm-hmm. Um, ironically that it takes place with mutants and, and, uh, and there were a couple of key moments that that I connected with, um, who was the uh, the senator who Senator Kelly, Senator Kelly, who's like the you know the Marvel's answer to Aquaman at that point. You know, uh, <laughs> but I'm bumped. I made the same joke while watching it, so it's uh. all right. <laughs> oh, that was bad. It is. You should be used to this by now, Aaron. We do this all the time on feeling film, but no, the the scene in particular when he's um, off the side of the 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 castle or whatever off the prison. And uh-huh. Magneto basically says, he says something like, yeah, you know how it feels to be one of us. Mm-hmm. And at that moment I kind of felt like, wow, you know, I now sort of understand that in a way that like, if, if, you know, if, if, if I lived in a world where people had this particular illness and I didn't, I wouldn't have empathy until I actually experienced that. So I think that was something that was really interesting for me as I watched this going, ah, that moment kind of connected me to the world of the mutants and, and I was a spectator before no, that. And you know what's interesting about that? I didn't think about this at all until you just mentioned that. But it's interesting that the only things that when Sarah Kelly sort of gels himself or however you want to say it, pushes himself through the bars, the only thing he isn't able to take with him is his shoes. And it's almost like he's putting, he what's the idiom? He put yourself putting in somebody else's, somebody else's shoes. Yeah, it's like he's kind of doing that by being <laughs> yeah. out and being a mutant. And yeah, he should, Wow, that's that's I'm I, I I'm very hit or miss with Brian Singer. I think some of the stuff is great, some of it isn't. So I'd be curious if that was very if that was indeed purposeful. And if it was, I, I wouldn't be super surprised. But part of me wonders if that was just a coincidence. I don't know. Maybe <clears throat> you guys need to tell me these things. I I can't just live with the top not falling. Come on. Hang Patrick, on, I'm gonna call Patrick, I'm gonna call, call Brian. I'm gonna call him right now. Hold on. <laughs> okay, good. Stand by. Good. I'm glad, glad we got you guys on the case. Um, I do want to. Yes, ask- this is Brian. <laughs> what do you guys want, Brian? That scene with Senator Kelly back in two thousand and Magneto. Oh yes. when he left yes. his shoes behind. Yeah. Was oh, that? Yeah. And, oh, was that, that drove me nuts. I was off that day. Someone else was <laughs> acting that day. <laughs> All right, I got it. Bye. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. <laughs> um, I do want to say, sort of doubling, since you brought it up again, Pat, revisiting what Aaron had said, uh, I am curious just what your guys' stance each are on. If there were actually mutants, would you feel safer if they were registered or would you want them to not have to be registered? I'm just curious, just from shooting from the hip, what do you think, Paul? Oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah, I said shooting from the hip. Yeah. Yeah. People are going to hate me for saying this, but I think people feel safer if every – people are scared of the unknown. So, of course, I think their natural instinct is to have everybody, even every, you know, registered somewhere so that everybody knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Patch? Um – it's 
my heart says I would not want to have them registered, but I have that same kind of fear. Again, I think you don't create a story like this without, you know, understanding that world. So I think, uh, if I'm honest, I would say I would feel safer knowing that <laughs> what mutants are out there and why, uh, you know, in general though, I would just, you know, if I knew that mutants were out there, I would just be nice to everybody because, yeah. you know, yeah. I'd run into somebody like, <laughs> like uh, mystique, you know, by mistake, you know, I'd be saying something nasty about mutants and then she, you know, hit me in the face with her feet about four or five times. <laughs> <laughs> and Aaron registered. Absolutely registered. registered. Uh, I, you know, I, I too would love to say the party line or, the, you know, oh, we should just let everybody go about their business. But nope, nope. I think in this case, absolutely uh, knowing who was out there and what they could do was, would be important. And I, I don't know that it would necessarily need to be known by the public. Uh-huh. But I think that on some level, some sort of governmental control or some sort, some sort of – I think I think S.H.I.E.L.D. should know. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Cool. All righty. Uh, let's, let's see. I think it's uh, also, Aaron, what's something else you liked about the movie? Oh, man, we're back to me already. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for my third, I think I'm just going to go with a, a scene that I particularly like. It's nothing super special or long here, but just there's a Magneto and Xavier standoff uh, right outside of the train station, and I just absolutely enjoy the heck out of this scene, um, particularly oh, yes. yeah. because we get to see Magneto's powers uh, manifesting and i i have come to love watching magneto's powers on film mm-hmm. but when these bullets are st- sitting in front of these police officers heads is mm-hmm. the first time we got to see magneto turn weapons <clears throat> and use them against people mm-hmm. uh, and you just get this scene of the weapons floating and all of the bullets like literally like ha- you know half an inch or less away from the cops foreheads and I think that you know these bit actors that are just role players here. The look on their face is perfect. They they mm-hmm. look genuinely scared to death, um, and I can't even imagine. And so, the fact that Magneto, as as Patrick brought up earlier in the conversation with Rogue, you know he's he's we see we know now he is committed. Like he is, he may f- seem like a under control villain, mm-hmm. but he is one hundred percent committed to causing the loss of life mm-hmm. uh, if it's if he needs to, to further his cause. And mm-hmm. he was ready to do that. And so that scene had a lot of power to me. And I just visually, and as a moment, I really like it. Nice. I do want to say, you. oh, go ahead. Paul. I was about to say, I agree a hundred percent. That was my next like to that oh, okay. scene. I do want to give a little pushback to what Aaron said. And this isn't by all means what you're have anything to do against what you said, Aaron, that scene is tremendous in terms of that. I do want to say, but, though, but, but you're wrong. Uh, well, no, I mean, and even Wolverine speaks to this toward the very end when he says, "If you're so, if you're really self righteous, it'd be you up there." And it's true. I mean, really, if he was that committed to the cause, he would sacrifice himself. But he doesn't. He puts in a proxy and kills someone else. So I feel like that's that sort of goes against this idea that he is fully committed. It's almost like he wants he wants some of the power himself. It's not just like I'm doing this for mutants. He wants a little bit for himself too. Well, that's why good will always triumph, right? I mean, I was watching The Exorcist. No, last because night. good is dumb. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, Spaceballs line. Oh no! You're watching The Exorcist. I was just watching The Exorcist. As you do, and, that's, you know. and that was kind of the point, you know, is that <laughs> good is going to defeat evil almost every time because evil cannot take that step of of self sacrifice. Mm. Only good can do that, and uh, 
Because good is dumb. It's dumb to yeah. take self sacrifice. <laughs> it's dumb to sacrifice it is. yourself. See, that's why you send. <laughs> that's why generals send the the privates out there. You know, to take the fall for the heavy. Well, no, that's a matter of experience. Exactly, it's a matter of smartness. Uh, you, I think you that's a waste. difference. Uh, let's not, that that is that's a great debate for maybe for our patrons after this. <laughs> um, but. I think uh, Patch and me have one more thing each, and then we'll get to it's our... Patch and I. Patch <laughs> and I have one more thing each before we get to our classic makers. Uh, I'll do mine first, which is just pretty quick. I really thought the, the pacing of this movie was pretty well well done. I didn't feel I yeah. slow at, at the very end, just because it was late. I was getting a little like sleepy-eyed, but it had, I don't think it had anything to do with the movie. I think it was it just... Did. Okay, this movie was, was horribly play- paced. I can't believe this movie. No, yeah, um, so, so I think it was like an hour and forty-four minutes. I mean, yes. that is unheard of for a comic book film it these is? days. Yeah. Oh, because being sh- that short, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Indeed. Uh, so yeah, I thought it clipped along pretty well. Uh, how about you, Patch? What's one last thing you liked? Well, the beginning scene with a young Magneto mm-hmm. uh, with Michael Fassbender and old makeup. Exactly. <laughs> oh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So as someone who hasn't seen this movie in several years, um, I, I guess I vaguely put the origin story of of uh, Magneto? Magneto out of my head. Mm-hmm. And well, so how seeing, it's it's like revisited every other X Men movie in every <laughs> single movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> I haven't I haven't seen Apocalypse, and it's been a little bit since I've seen uh, Days of Future Past. But anyway, okay. I digress. the The opening sequence is incredibly dramatic. It doesn't feel very superhero-esque at all. And I think yeah. what's very cool about it is we have this familiar scene that that most people watching this can kind of they can kind of assume what's going on. Oh, okay, it's a concentration, it's you know, it's World War II, it's Jews, it's concentration camp. And mm-hmm. you know, when you open up a movie, a superhero movie like that, you're like, whoa, that's kind of sideways. And then you get the young you get the the young Magneto, you know, holding his hand out and you see those those are those bars bend. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was great. I thought it was a great way to introduce the movie yeah. that was different than what we may have I'm, expected. I'm completely on board with you, Patch, except they didn't what? introduce the movie. <laughs> I agree with you 100%, except is this, 100% wrong in this way. Is this a common thing for Francisco just to like crap all over your likes during no, this section? No, no, no it's Pat, we're just talking Patch about it. Is completely right. The thing up. <laughs> But he's not. So it's <laughs> the like movie this. doesn't start that way. <laughs> they start with that intro. Uh, evolution takes a step forward, and I wish Actually, they had started with it that. Doesn't it doesn't start that Nazi way intro. at all. It starts with the uh, searchlight. Twenty century Fox. Fox. Okay, fine. And then it oh. fades out and leaves <laughs> that X there, which is magnificent. But I actually anyway, love that voiceover. It, yeah. No, that's oh, yeah. great. That would have been Newtons a perfect transition. For years. That would have been a perfect transition from the Nazi era into the present day. But I bet some exec was like, what if someone walks in and they're thinking they're watching X-Men and this is Schindler's List? What's going on? Trust the filmmaker and trust the peop- your audience. This That would have been the great, Yeah, this is very Brian compelling- Singer again. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> Brian, did you intend that first scene to be after the... Uh, the voiceover with Patrick Stewart. Did you intend that? No, the the first scene I wanted was the 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 water guy in there, and he's <laughs> ah, like turning to jelly. Oh, okay, as a, as a and, foreshadow, right? Okay, yeah, but <laughs> that you, you know, stupid classic. people these days. Oh yeah, 
<laughs> All right. Thanks for thank, you guys. Thanks for calling. Call me whenever you want. Okay. I guess. Okay. Bye. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that opening scene, I do agree. I think that's why it was uh, redone oh, so many times goodness. in the other X Men movies. It's such a powerful <laughs> yes, introduction they have is. there. Oh my. So I guess it's safe to say it's a good intro into one of our villains or one of our yes, people, not necessarily to the movie. Yes, and I think it also brings a lot of humanity to Magneto, which yeah. you don't expect. Um, you certainly you get didn't sympathy. get that in the You cartoons. definitely get sympathy for him yeah. from the very beginning, which is something you, you wouldn't have gotten had you not gotten that scene. It would have been just a ruthless tyrant who it, wanted to kill people. Exactly, yeah. Um, all right, uh, now let's get to the things we loved most about X-Men. Uh, let's start with Aaron. Um, I'm going to go with the cast and cast. Okay. Uh, that's because I think that while most of them were outstanding, uh, several of them, as we mentioned earlier, really have iconicized. I'm going to make that a word if it's not a word. Yes. Their roles. Uh, obviously Jackman is Wolverine, uh, and, uh, Patrick Stewart as Xavier and mm-hmm. specifically, and with Patrick Stewart as Xavier and <laughs> McKellen as Magneto, you know, it, it's incredible to me that these two men were able to be dually associated with two geek roles. I mean, yeah. that is, no, it's yeah. really unheard of to be able to be remembered for those two things. And there's an interesting story I just, I just want to share. Apparently, Ian McKellen had already signed his contract for X-Men. Oh, yes, when, yes, yes. When he was petitioned by you know Peter Jackson and asked to be Gandalf. And he knew that Gandalf would be the role of a lifetime. Like It, is, it was absolutely the role he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But because of the schedule, <clears throat> he couldn't do it. And he actually turned it down because he couldn't mm. get to New Zealand in time because of his filming of X-Men. Mm-hmm. And it all happened because of a, an, an accidental kind of lunch meeting that he had. He met at a restaurant uh, with one of New Line Cinema's executives uh, and who asked him, he said, hey, I can't wait to see you as Gandalf in our movie. And mm-hmm. McKellen's like, oh, I'm not doing that anymore. Schedule conflict. And uh, this executive was like, no, 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 you, you leave that to me. And they <laughs> changed it so he could be Gandalf. That's Can awesome. you imagine? Like, we were that close. Wow. To having him only as Magneto and not oh, as Gandalf, and I just I can't. I mean, Gandalf is my favorite character in all of <clears throat> cinematic history and all of like storytelling. Wow! History. So, spoiler alert! Um, <laughs> spoil- Wait, what am I spoiling? <laughs> what is You're, that spoiling? That I'm obviously spoiling means my- Wolverine isn't going to be your classic maker. Jeez, that's what oh, that means. Except you already said but- your classic maker was, so I guess it's not really spoiling. Anyway, continue. This is my classic maker, right? Yes. I hope this is. Yes, it is. The cast, yes. So, yeah, the cast is phenomenal. And like I said, just those three in particular, Mm -hmm. you cannot say Magneto or Professor Xavier or Wolverine without those faces coming into your head immediately. And that is really special. Yeah, And, you know, I'm going to dovetail on our uh, leapfrog springboard. I'm going to springboard. Okay. <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, I'm going to springboard off of uh, Aaron's by saying my classic maker was Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. And particularly in this movie, um, I thought it just was amazing to me how Hugh Jackman slash Logan manages to be like the biggest, probably the biggest of the heroes or um, the audience surrogate, sure. the audience surrogate. 
Um, and so we find out about all the X-Men through him and okay. also the comic relief. I thought he had some of the funniest lines. Yeah. What's a Magneto? My favorite line. <laughs> yes. What's a Magneto? Yeah. That is brilliant. <laughs> I agree. Um, okay. Yes, you're on, Paul. What? No, it's all right. It's all okay. right. Uh, yeah, and and just pretty and pretty likable too, uh, very likable. So I, I just the dual duality of I mean I think like Aaron said you can't think of uh, Hugh Jackman without thinking of Wolverine and vice versa. So I, yeah, that's that's my classic maker. Is this I also character think of Jean Valjean? Yes, that's what I was about to say. Wolverine <laughs> as Jean Valjean. Yeah. <laughs> when someone in Les Mis. In Les Mis. <laughs> yeah, Hugh Jackman. That's for some reason. I've only seen the movie once, but a singing. Come on, Van Helsing, French, guys. The French Revolution would have gone a lot better for those guys. Oh, my oh, gosh. Sure. Could you imagine? Wow. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Patch, was you're a classic maker for X-Men. Well, if we're going to continue to springboard, dovetail, or whatever we need to do, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> I uh, I absolutely adored the relationship between Logan and Rogue. I thought mm. of the of the chemistry of the relationships on screen, that one felt the most genuine. And not that yeah. the other ones didn't, but from the moment that they meet, their banter back and forth to him. What kind of name uh, is Rogue? Yeah. <laughs> What, what kind, kind of, of name is Wolverine? Wolverine? You know, but just as the movie goes on, I was joking with with Aaron as I was watching this. I said, "Is this this is a Wolverine movie, isn't it?" Because pretty much the yeah. first half is from his perspective, and of course, as as you mentioned, Francisco, you know, he's the catalyst for helping us understand more about these people. But the end result is him going up to sacrifice himself for Rogue, you know, and obviously save the world, whatever. But you know, side note, but. He, you know, his genuine older brother, father figure, whatever it is that he is in this relationship with her is, is very sincere. And I, it's I, the milk and cookies, man. Oh gosh. At least not the cocaine party, man. You oh, know, yeah, gosh, guys, get That's on target here. Sorry. <laughs> but I, I was thinking about this as I was watching it and their relationship in a very distant way is a lot like how I'm reminded of Adrian and Rocky's relationship and how mm. Adrian makes, brings out the vulnerability of Rocky. And I think that's what mm. Rogue does with, with Logan. I think Phil she gaps, humanizes him. <clears throat> yeah. He feels gaps, right? <laughs> but I think she humanizes him. I think she brings yeah. out the, the genuineness and that, the scene that we talked about earlier with him killing her and how he was so afraid, uh, I think just speaks yeah. to how, over the period of a short time, he began to care about her. So my classic maker, it would have to be with Hugh Jackman for obvious reasons. Very nice, very nice. (laughs) And Paul, let's finish off our classic maker section with you. Springboard, springboard, springboard. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I agree the relationship is, is, is just, I just want to touch on that, was a shock because they never really had that kind of relationship in other iterations of Mm -hmm. X-Men, the comics or the cartoons. So that, I agree, was done excellent and handled really well. But I'm going to have to agree with Patch and actually what Aaron said at the beginning, that the cast was the classic maker for me. This A-game players bringing Mm -hmm. their Mm A-game. Absolutely. Now, before we get to the things we didn't like about X-Men, I'm sure there were some of those things, and I may have some things to say about that. A lot of them. (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, let's. We like to go out to social media. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, mainly, um, and ask, "Hey, we're going to cover this movie or video game. What do you guys remember?" And I specifically uh, uh, took a photo. Um, I'll show the crew here of my uh, Ian McKellen signed cop- DVD copy of X Men. Uh, the metallic foil version. Uh, and uh, I said, hey, do you guys want to hear the story about how I got the signature? Christopher Battles uh, said, of course. Uh, Josh Berkey said, I'll be mad if you don't. Uh, so here's uh, my story about how I got the signature, Ian McKellen's signature. Um, so this was when Fellowship of the Ring was coming out. And uh, me and Paul uh, found out he was doing a book signing at Book Soup. In, is that in Hollywood, Paul? Yeah, it's in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, California, United States of America. And Thank so you. we were like, oh, I this really is- was worried about that. <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood, man, where is that? <laughs> Hollywood. That, is that the one in Japan? Oh, never heard Thank of you it. for clarifying. <laughs> hey, we have international listeners. You never know. It was at Euro Disney. Oh, <laughs> let me go to my story. So we, we go to Book Soup. We went in line. Um, we find out, though, that he's, um, I guess, a running late maybe or something. So he's only going to do like two items a piece. And I had a, uh, I had a Fellowship of the Ring uh, Burger King mug. Of, they had like four different ones, and I had the Gandalf one. So uh, And I had a Fellowship of the Ring art book or something. And so I was like, oh, but I have my DVD, X-Men DVD. I want him to sign that, too. Uh, and so Paul... Was who went with me, uh, took that and pinch hit it for me and got that signed. So I, I didn't this. have anything for him to sign for me. Yeah, you just I, came because you're an seriously. awesome friend. Yeah. Uh, so Wait, did Paul do this for you because you were afraid? A friend. A friend. A friend. I was a friend. I was in line too, but there was a two-item limit, and I already had two items. The oh. X-Men DVD is my third item. See, if gotcha. you'd listen to my story, as I no, just I told it, you, you were taking advantage <laughs> of the system. Yes. yes. We pulled a fast one. <laughs> Can't catch us, sir, Ian. So You pulled a fast bender. Uh, yes. uh, so I went up in line, and uh, my little my little thing, which I'll always remember, is uh, I hand him um, my Burger King mug thing. He signed the box of it, and he says, Ah. Oh, no table should be without this. <laughs> I can't remember exactly. I remember just sort of the how he his like mannerisms and uh, kind of what he said. Uh, but it is it is awesome. It was great getting to meet him, and it, that is such a neat experience for me. That's my. I think the only time. Oh no, I have one other uh, celebrity meeting, but uh, uh, that's for another. Bernie time. Race Junior. We'll have to wait for later. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, So that's how I got my copy of X-Men signed. Uh, So thank you, Paul, for making that happen Um, in a way. You're welcome. I gave it back to you. Yes, you did. You didn't steal it. I appreciate that. A true friend you are. Uh, Now let's get back to just general feedback or that you had about X-Men. Steve Hamilton said, I feel a great swell. I feel a great swell of pity for the poor soul who comes to this school looking for trouble. Professor X. I just wonder what the casting director thought of Jackman and James as up and comers being cast next to veteran actors with Sir, uh, Sir in with as veteran actors with Sir in their name. What happens to to the X Men movie universe if this one fails? What happens to the Marvel DC studios? So kind of playing a. A what if scenario there, but it turns out it went successfully. So thank you for adding to that, Steve. 
uh, let's see. Uh, on a post that Paul uh, shared, we had a p- uh, comment from Sean Davis. He left a meme that said, uh, hey, hey, it's me. Prove it. You're a uh, male anatomy part. Genitalia. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the best lines in okay. the movie, though. Yeah, that is pretty good. Again, Hugh Jackman with awesome comedic, comedic lines. So thank you for sharing that, Sean. Uh, Eric Purcell says, I remember people being upset over the toned-down outfits in comparison to the comic books. I can understand why a major studio would worry about the bright colors of many of the outfits, though. Uh, Josh Powers added to that, The movie came out one year after The Matrix. Definitely not coincidence black leather was quite the style after it came out. Uh, I never thought about that, but that's That's an interesting point. Um, Let's see. So thank you, Eric and Josh. Steve Hamilton had another line. The Magneto bullet scene was awesome. I really liked at the time that Fox finally took a chance with their live-action property. It paid off big time for a long time. Now if they could just get the Final Fantasy right. (laughs) I didn't realize... No, no, Fantastic Four. He has FF, right? Yes, FF. Okay. Yeah, that's Fantastic Four. I'm sorry. My my game geek is uh, showing there. Steve, (laughs) I meant... Yes, of course, Fantastic Four. Um, yes, if they could only get that right. Good point. And Final Fantasy would be cool, too. Yes. <laughs> uh, Josh Berkey also added, uh, wait, is this a crossover movie for feel and film? Uh, yes, it is indeed. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Christy Ruiz, my lovely wife, uh, says, I remember loving this the first time I watched it. I had never been exposed to the X-Men until this movie. Also, Logan, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, we also had a comment from at GeekyDad31 on Twitter. He said, one of the comic book movies that started all. And back in the day, the only thing that topped this was X2 and Spider-Man 2. Oh, that's true, yeah. And Spider-Man 2 did good with the Flash costumes. So I don't know what the deal is. X-Men, geez. Mm. with your good dude. point but uh oh you know what i think we had a, another comment about that um let's see <clears throat> ah yes and this is actually a great segue into our dislike section so steve hamilton had one more thing to say he says you know what happens to a frog when it's struck by lightning the same thing that happens to everything else yeah that line i agree that line is not good steve hamilton uh josh powers though has a little bit of a rebuttal to that though saying the scene got botched it was the only line left over from Joss Whedon's rewrite. Oh, I had no idea Joss Whedon rewrote this. Um, the punchline was supposed to happen after Toad is struck by lightning and delivered by Storm with a head toss and an overall nonchalantness. Nonchalance. Uh, the scene works much better that way. I mean, the scene overall might, but I still think that's no. a lame no. line. So. No, it does not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're wrong, Josh. Jeez. But thank you for your feedback. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for your wrong feedback no but we appreciate everyone's feedback everyone chiming in on their memories of X-Men uh, and whether they're good or bad but now we're going to talk about the things that we thought were bad about X-Men I'll start us <laughs> off you know what I think is bad Wolverine he's bad joking aside Paul I think I'll start with the bad section by saying okay. Um, back in the likes, I was about to get into a tailspin there 
with okay. why is Anna Paquin? You guys were saying you like Anna Paquin and the cast, overall casting, and I agree with you for the most part. But it seemed odd to me to have Rogue start off as being so young, and then Magneto seemingly is so old. I mean, certainly Ian McKellen looks good for his age, but he he seemed like an older character, and I wasn't expecting that from either character. I was expecting the the Rogue, sort of the grown up Rogue of the cartoon, and the not so grown up magneto of he the had cartoon white hair in the comics didn't he have I white hair purpley hair for some no, reason. he wore a purple costume i knew that but okay maybe he did have white hair and so maybe that worked I, I, okay but i i didn't like but that rogue was older yes yeah um, well you guys did not like anna paquin uh, those guys may have liked Anna Paquin, but I am with you, Francisco. My, you. One, and you. I'm going to say that's one of my dislikes as well was mm. Anna Paquin. And I, I cannot stand her accent like ever, but especially in this film, <laughs> she I has just, an it, accent. Was she trying to have an accent? That's kind of, well, that's my southern. point. It's supposed to be Southern. Oh, right. Because in the so, cartoon, she is Southern. That's so true. far from Cajun. Well, well, she, no, she isn't. I guarantee. Well, she's in Meridian, Mississippi, which, okay. which actually <laughs> interesting story. I went to Meridian, Mississippi, and was there for two months uh-huh. for Get It Yeoman A School. See, uh, see, 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 yeah. see. My title. Did you see Rogue there? Was Rogue um, there? Because <laughs> <laughs> your story is invalid if you didn't see Rogue. No, there. because she was not busy. one Rogue there. Rogue. She was busy being a teenage runaway, going all the way to Canada somehow, and then ending up in a bar, yeah. which had cage fighting. I, Look, there was that's nothing. the story of most college girls, you know. It's like, <laughs> you know but she's high school, <laughs> isn't she? High school. She's in high school. That's my problem. I just I didn't like her. I don't like her. I think she's a boring one-note actress and yeah. i did not enjoy her I, her actually a uh, side note in the comics wolverine had that kind of relationship with jubilee so it was interesting that they went with rogue in this yeah and movie. apparently according to imdb there was someone in the cast playing jubilee yeah I didn't know- she had the yellow coat oh i didn't uh, notice in, in the any- classroom oh okay i didn't notice but i don't know why they just Maybe they are worried about being too close to the cartoon, but maybe. Yeah, I, I didn't They're care. Too close to good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want any of that. I guess <laughs> not. Um, I, I'm sorry to take away from Patch and uh, and Paul, but you saying her going to Canada, Aaron, sort of tangentially related is something else I didn't like, and maybe maybe you guys can explain this for me, and maybe there's a perfect explanation. But how did Magneto know where to find Rogue in Canada? I mean, how did he know where to send Sabretooth to go get, to potentially go get her? Yeah, and the train station. How did she know which train? Well, so I thought the train station too, but I sort of assumed maybe Mystique, since Mystique sort of got her to run away, she would tail her and tell Magneto. No, I she guess. was staying behind putting. Uh, the oh, yeah, she was still there. The, oh, yeah. And, <laughs> well, yeah, whatever that stuff was, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> That's what happens when you mute, mutate a mutant with your yeah. turtle ooze. Yeah. Um, so, uh, do you guys have any explanations for how that how you found her? I yeah, plot hole. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? If I'm going to be straight up honest, it's to get her and Rogue or her and uh, Logan together. I mean, it's essentially I think what was going on. Yeah, They're but like, how did Magneto find them? Yeah, I don't, it doesn't. I don't think it matters. That's the plot. It, no, it does that, matter. Yeah. It matters no. to me. It matters <laughs> to Francisco. And you know what, Francisco, you're 100 percent right, except you're wrong. Turnabout's fair play. 
But I do agree. I mean, I think that was a huge plot hole that was missed and that you don't know why. Um, I mean, why why go to Canada? Why go from Mississippi all the way up to Canada? I mean, are you leaving the country? I mean, that kind of makes sense. You know, you don't want to be anywhere in the States because you're, I mean, maybe she's wanted by the federal. Maybe she just planet. loves Laughlin City. City. I, who I who wouldn't? Yeah, it's who a would've? wonderful place. Uh, obviously. Um, cage fights every night. Uh, let's see. <laughs> and bingo on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Today, the marriage of Princess Vespa to Prince Valiant. <laughs> on Sunday, bingo. Um, let's see. Paul, Very what's something catch. you didn't like? Okay. This this is coming from uh, being a fan of the X-Men and the comics and the cartoons, okay? Okay. Um, so if you've never seen them, I understand you wouldn't get this. But being that coming into this movie, on both those uh, missions that you just mentioned, Professor X sent sends Cyclops and Storm out, and the, even on the second time, and Wolverine's like, "No, I want to go." I was like, "No, I'm sending these two. He's always sending these two. And it's like, "Why? You have all these mutants at your school. Apparently, you have an, a team." The thing about coming into this, when you watch the cartoons or you're reading the movie, the X-Men always felt like a team. There's different people, and they're mm-hmm. always doing things together. Mm-hmm. This didn't really feel like a team, at least not until the end, um, where they're coming together and fighting Magneto. And it, and Professor X point, yeah. in the movie has already established, like, they've been there for a while. Magneto helped build Cerebro. There's a long mm-hmm. history there. So they should have teams uh, already established. And I know that's they're trying to save money on budgets or whatever to have all these heroes in that you really want to see. Yeah. Uh, but that was disappointing. I saw, I thought this was an X-Men movie. What, what's with all these one and two offs? Like, come on, let's have some teams here. I you know what? I didn't give that any thought, but that's a good point, Paul. I, I think there may have been a missed opportunity there. Yeah. Um, let's go back. To, let's go to Patch. What's something you didn't like? Logan's hair. <laughs> <laughs> Really? That's, that's like the comics. Yeah, I thought though. it was like the comics. But it's wasn't, but it yeah. wasn't as full as the comics and certainly not as full as the cartoon. Well, you're right. You're exactly right. And and this goes back to what we liked about the, the movie and the fact that it felt some, somewhat grounded. Like it had some kind of kind of human base to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so especially – and this isn't <clears throat> the fault of the movie itself because we've seen you know the evolution of – of Hugh Jackman as Logan and how his his character has evolved as well as his you know style, but you know it felt a little over the top, <laughs> and and it, mm. it really is more of a mm. that's more of a microcosm of kind of what I had issue with was the costumes in general. I didn't care for them. Yeah, and, here, here. and I think I think they felt <laughs> I think there was conflict in some cases. I think when Singer was like, "We're going to ground this movie," but then you have these kind of I don't know these costumes that just didn't work. From from any from really any of the cast, like I thought, mm. Storms was okay, but I thought the the, the X Men outfits just felt kind of blah. Yeah, and I mean, I didn't know what I really wanted, but I, I know I didn't really care for for any of the costumes except maybe Magneto's. I mean, I think his was kind of, I think it was kind of the perfect blend of comic book, cartoon, and kind of movie mm-hmm. adaptation. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought it was probably the best one that was working, but it was the only one that I think I really enjoyed yeah and i mean they're able to do colorization like in first class they had more colored outfits so it's it's certainly possible and mm-hmm. i mean superman's been doing it for a long time until recently <laughs> sure. so but i don't think it's about the coloring i think it's just about the fact that it felt 
the the costumes just didn't feel a costume. Well, you know what? Just... I think leather it can look like it's it's authentic and real without having without um, doing much work to it. Whereas right. something like a Spider Man costume or a Superman costume or a Captain America costume. To get have a, that type of color, it has to have a lot of texture to it to really sure. look authentic. Yeah. And maybe, yeah, that's just a budgetary thing. So that, and there's also that Matrix thing that uh, Josh commented on. Yeah, um, sure. So, all right, uh, let's go back to Aaron. What's something else you didn't like? Uh, hashtag not my saber tooth. Oh, <laughs> I thought the actor did good. His eyes were a little weird. But you done terrible. good. <laughs> terrible. You thought, it was you terrible? thought wrong, Paul. Uh, okay. I, you know, and I will admit fully. I, I will admit fully, though, that you know, I'm saying this in hindsight of of having leave live whatever Schreiber yeah. uh, play Sabretooth later on in the series, and so after having a more accomplished actor really give some personality to the role, I, I just can't go back. I can't. I mean, this Sabretooth, <laughs> and, and this, you know, this speaks to the whole casting of the villains in general just there's just it's not as consistently a good team as the x-men and so it doesn't really hold up you've got magneto and mystique but the rest of the cast is just kind of throwaway characters for the most part and uh, i just i just didn't enjoy it at all i didn't like Sabretooth uh, one okay. bit in this film but yeah. so he's not my Sabretooth. I, I refuse yeah i agree with that because Sabretooth isn't a throwaway character and they treated him like one yeah. because him and wolverine have a deep past and yeah before this they they've been fighting for who knows how long mm-hmm. so to put them like oh this is how they meet that really threw me off as a fan exactly yeah uh but i do want to say hashtag uh what did you say hashtag uh, not, not my, my saber tooth i will say hashtag is my mystique because i much my prefer mystique. rebecca remain to jennifer oh, lawrence absolutely agree with you there so i'm glad we're in agreement on this Wait, I, disagreeable I section my wife is like what at the in the year 2000 what was jennifer lawrence doing at this time being born <laughs> yeah. no i don't think that's the case but no not yet yeah. but quite you mean she would i'm sure she not was yet. born by uh, then she was yeah she was born but she wasn't quite yet like in oh in the movies or anything like that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. she wasn't mistaken <laughs> <laughs> i think you're mistaken um, i think you're mistaken <laughs> I'm Let's see. Uh, uh, Patch, how about you? What's something else you don't like? Well, I'm loving the springboarding because I'm just going to go with, besides Mystique and Magneto, the other two characters. and The, the villains themselves were just, because of the fact that they were throwaways, mm-hmm. they were almost distracting to mm, me. Okay. And I think, again, this speaks to the sort of the the infancy of the superhero franchise that yeah. I, think, I think we could all agree X-Men sort of kicked off. Mm-hmm. That we want villains to be as fleshed out as superheroes because I know X Men was really just trying to highlight exactly what it was saying X Men, mm-hmm. but um, and and I think it righted the ship a lot with X Two where you had more blended hero villains like with Nightcrawler and, and that kind of thing, um, kind of going from you know, one to the other. But you know, Toad was. I, I was glad when he got killed. I mean, I was thinking <laughs> the the whole time I'm looking at him and I'm going, why is Wes Borland from Limp Biscuit in this movie? You know, because cool. what? <laughs> I mean, just because I, I see this guy, I mean, I don't know if anybody's going to get that, but um, the black eyes on him and, and just his, the, the way he particularly just 
kind of walked around or just posed himself. It just, it felt just really campy to me. Uh huh. Um, you know, going back to this idea of grounded movie superhero, and you've got this, you, you, you hit these little extremes here and there and like, yeah. he's an, he's an extreme for me. And I'm yeah. like, I don't, you're, 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 you're too annoying for me to care about you dying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I, I just want, I just want to thump him, like go yeah. away, bring, bring me somebody else to fight. That's a good these point. Guys. And I also, I mean, I, we've been saying this a lot, but I mean, that's, not a villain that I don't think anyone... I didn't know him. I would much prefer to see, like, comics. Blob. Well, going from the cartoon, though, I think a lot of the audience from this wanted to go because they're fans of the cartoon. And you have other the Sentinels. cartoons. Sentinels. The Sentinels, yeah. That would have been... I was wanting to see that, but obviously mm-hmm. that didn't happen. Um, or but yeah. Well, not till Days yeah. of Future Past, yeah. Um, yeah, but they look so much better than they would have looked. Yeah. yeah. True. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I, I agree with that, Aaron. Yeah. Um, but you know, you can still wish upon a star. Apparently, <laughs> so Pinocchio would have you believe. Um, let's Pinocchio see. Pinocchio was a mutant too, by the way. I think I didn't know that. Yeah. No, he was a possessed toy. <laughs> his mutant gift was lying. Grow <laughs> 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 his nose. <laughs> uh, something else. Pinocchio, you'll die. <laughs> Touching on Toad, something else I didn't like. Um, the, this is the scene in the train station we talked about before. Like, I think Paul's trivial question was the uh, uh, where Scott is looking at the kid. And so, um, when Scott notices that Sabretooth is choking Storm, he's running toward her. And then Toad flicks his tongue down to get the visor. Mm. Now, guys, if, if like someone's going to punch you or a speck of dust is coming toward you, I mean, something, it could be big or small, and it's coming toward your eye. You're instinctually designed to close your eyes. So if this big tongue is doing something with something right in front of your face, you're not going to instinctively open your eyes wide. You're going to close your eyes. So it's ridiculous yeah, that he at, has his eyes open to shoot up everything. No, it, at first he closes his eyes, then he opens them, and he, probably expecting the visor to, or something to be there. Mm. And if it's not, he's looking for it. Mm. I bought it. Mm. Oh, it didn't bother me at all. I thought it was so fast that there's no way he would have yeah. known it was coming off. But no, yeah, you, I had a pro- I had a problem with that too. Thank uh, you, Francisco. But you did it. Was really, but it was really, <laughs> but it was, but it was really because Toad was in the scene. Period. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> in the scene. All right. I would have been completely fine with that. But I know. I thought it was cool to have the static electricity build up on uh, that was cool. Sabretooth's hair as yes. the lightning was about to. That spring. was definitely yeah. cool. Uh, let's go back to Aaron. What's something else you don't like? The claw. Um, as good as Ooh. Wolverine. Are we is, doing liar liar you, all of a sudden? You're as scared good as of the huge. claw. <laughs> that was two. That was Toy Story. <laughs> well, it was, it was okay. Fine. Story, it was liar liar, liar. too. Jeez. Um, at, so as good as Hugh Jackman was as Wolverine, the animation of mm. his claws in this film were awful. Really? I, I cannot. Here, here. I mean, they, they were a distraction in close-up scenes. Luckily, there weren't a ton of the close-up scenes with his claws. But there are a couple, one in the bar, yes. threatening the barkeep especially. Yes. Where I mean, it looks like someone is, you know, on green screen, like holding some pieces of metal, like, in his hand. Like, in a, I mean, it looks like a bad Photoshop job. And well, it just, it was I'm, like, oh. And seeing where it's come, again, this is, again, one of those... In hindsight, now that I have seen such amazing different animations with bone claws and all this other stuff, 
going backwards, it was like, wow, that was not done well. I'm curious. Did you guys all watch this? Like, did you watch HD versions, 4K versions, SD versions? What I watched were- the. I watched HD. I watched an HD version of everything I possibly can. Okay. Uh, Patch? 1080p for me, and it didn't bother me. How about you, Patch? Um, I don't remember what. I, I think it was HD. Okay. But it, but it bothered me in the same way that it bothered Aaron. Okay. For me, I had standard definition, but it didn't bother me. So me and Paul, I guess, that for whatever reason, didn't bother. My so, nostalgic glasses were too thick. RRP versus FF. Begin. No. <laughs> It was. It's a feeling film thing, guys. All right, I'm not uh-huh. feeling it, huh? Not feeling. <laughs> not feeling we weren't feeling it. We were not feeling the claw. Um, but yeah, it, it didn't bother me. But okay, that that's fair. Um, let's see. I felt like I was gonna say something off that, and I totally lost my train of thought. Choo choo. Mm. Oh, I do want to say regarding the claws, and this is, I think, for Wolverine in general. I saw someone do an internet uh, video about if if his claws retract up into past essentially his wrist, he wouldn't be ever, ever able to bend his wrist because the claws are back. Uh, Oh, what you got now? I I mean, I guess (laughs) I'd have to rewatch the video. I don't know if they went into that, but I'm not sure how far back they go, but I guess so. If if they go all the way so that they're in the only the forearm. Wait, you're saying people are out there trying to disprove comic book logic? (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's a big thing on YouTube. Do you not watch YouTube? Have you heard of this thing called YouTube? The claws go all the way back into his chest. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So he can spit it out anywhere, and he chooses his fist most of the time. What's the name of that that, that, uh, X-Men? Is it Marrow? Who, had, bones, who grows but, bones, yeah. yeah. Bone yeah. marrow. Exactly, yeah. yeah. All right, well, that leaves you, Patch. Uh, what's one more thing you didn't like, and then we'll get to our uh, tragic makers for X-Men. You know, I think comic book fight scenes are great. I did not think the last scene of this movie was really great for me. And I don't know if it was... Between Sabretooth and Wolverine? I just think the whole thing, like the whole final battle sequence at, at, at uh, Liberty Island was just kind of... Ho-hum. Yeah, <laughs> excuse me, and it has to do with my tragic maker, so I'm not going to spoil anything until we get there. Well, why don't but, you transition right into your tragic maker? You okay. Because we're, we're there, so finish what you're going to say and go So that last fight scene was sort of, you know, a small kind of example of the, what I thought was kind of real clunky fight choreography. Mm-hmm. Like most of the scenes that I remember, like the, the, the fight scene in the snow, the one at, um, at the... Uh, at the train station and even just different things like that. They all felt just real clunky. They didn't feel mm-hmm. very well choreographed. They just kind of felt thrown together. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm, I feel like there were thoughts and thought put into them, but I feel like most of the effort was made on the dialogue within the, you know, within the fights. And yeah. so one thing that stood out to me was the, you know, the slice and dice thing that Wolverine did on the, uh, on Liberty's, <laughs> you know, her little, uh-huh. Uh, gave her a trim. That's yeah. Gave yeah. her a trim, and like that whole thing when you combine it with, you know, what Aaron pointed out about his claws being sort of really overly CG'd, it just felt hokey. And uh-huh. I think that was the part. Those parts, the, the hokey parts of this movie, I think were were where my uh, my my dislikes came from. And mm-hmm. I think for the most part, I, I I love a good fight scene. I love a good choreographed fight scene. Oh it, sure, it has, yeah. It looks more like a dance, like. Um, Arrow does it well, and and the Flash does it really well mm-hmm. on those TV shows. But 
I've seen other WB or CW shows like Supergirl that don't do it very well. And you Mm -hmm. can tell when you have a good choreographer and how you are able to use people's physique to kind of tell that story. And Mm. I just, it just didn't, it didn't do it for me. And it wasn't distracting, but when you have a final sequence like that and it's like all this CGI and kind of not so great choreography, I'm going, okay, let's get Magneto, you know, Let's go to the next scene. Yeah. We're ready to resolve this. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was my last dislike and my tragic maker wrapped up in a little ball there. Nice. I like it. Paul, what's your tragic maker for X-Men? Mine actually is more of a story point. And when it's done well, this is an example where it's not done well. And this is what I mean. And in the middle of the movie, you have all the heroes uh confront all the villains and the villains get away and this is at the the train station with the police there Mm -hmm. you have the all the villains except for mystique um and then you have all the hero the heroes are there with professor xavier and uh what's her name in the car and then you have uh gene gray yeah, and then Scott and Storm are there. Scott's, I don't know what he's whining about with his missing glasses. <laughs> and But Wolverine is mysteriously, like I guess, still attached to the train somehow. He's not, uh, he's yeah. mysteriously not there. Anyway, huh. they're basically all there. They're right in front of Magneto, and Magneto, they just let Magneto go with Rogue. I mean, there's That's no confrontation there. You have all the police there. You have everybody there, and they just let him go. Now, this is an example of a bad story because they all confront him later and win. In a good story, this can happen where the the good guys confront the bad guys and the bad guys win. Oh, yeah. And that then would be more interesting. afterwards, after the bad guys win, like they're able to get away, the good guys learn something, and then they bring that to the third oh. act or the finale, and they use that to defeat the villains, where they didn't learn anything necessarily to defeat the villain. Like, oh, now we have the key to defeat them. Oh, yeah. So that, that's just another giant plot hole that I'm like, really? And I've seen this in other, especially TV shows are really guilty of this, and it just makes me not want to watch a TV show anymore because oh. it's... It's a huge red flag in the writing. That's that's a really good point. Yeah. Growth. You need that. Yeah. Um, cool, Paul. Uh, Aaron, what's your tragedy maker or the thing you hated most about X-Men? Well, we briefly tested on him, and I wrote down my note as actually written and says, Toad, what a worthless mutant. <laughs> that's my note. Poor, um, Poor uh, you Darth know, Maul. This guy <laughs> takes this movie away from having a chance to be a classic for me. In a big oh, way. Oh, don't tip your and, hand there. And No, well, do it, do it. That's not what I meant. Actually, I didn't mean to use that word. Um, but this, uh, <laughs> hmm, let me, see. I wish I could use a different word now. Uh, don't worry about it. Toad does take the movie down a, a major notch for me, though, because uh-huh. he just totally. is such a distraction, like Patrick said. Toad uh, has he, a wicked tongue. He has yeah. no arc. He has no backstory. <laughs> he has zero purpose and reason to be there. And I, I just feel like, but again, between him and, and Sabretooth, they just, and even the senator, you know, once he turns into the blob, it, it just, the villains are, it's not consistent enough. And, and hmm. you don't get an equal villain cast to, to match up against the 
superhero cast we get and, mm-hmm. and future films have shown us how important it is but when you get the strong balance between the two it really works but toad just made me cringe every single time he was in a scene every every time i see him on screen i i, I still have no idea what the purpose of his mutation like i, I don't know anything about him yeah uh, and it just it really blew my mind that with all of the great choices they made that they would make that choice mm-hmm. and i just have no earthly idea why that would be hmm. i can't tell you i'm i'm curious though are can you think of other movies with e, like a a bad guy ensembles that work well i can't I, none come to my mind well i think uh you know i mean i think i was gonna say in apocalypse it's done a little better oh, okay um i haven't I seen mean, that so i couldn't i wouldn't be not, able to talk it's still not it. great I disagree. I think the Apocalypse movie is great, but I think how they handled the the villains was poor. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) No, I would I would say that as as superhero movies have advanced, when you when you create more of a gray area, a gray line for villains to exist, Uh they're not like ah ah ah, I'm the bad guy. I'm here to take over the world. You know, it's not. It's more Mm -hmm. of a when you feel sympathy again. Going back to that. Sorry, that second scene of the movie, <laughs> Magneto, uh, as the a little third, kid. If you count you f- the fading of the time, <laughs> oh my anyway. gosh, <laughs> the twelfth scene of the movie, yes. uh, where you you have an indication that of some sympathy there because you have a little bit of backstory. And Aaron, you spoke to that. I mean, aside from being annoying, we don't know anything because we don't know anything about Toad. We have no reason to care. Yeah, and therefore, if he yeah, kills he somebody or best, somebody huh? kills him, then. There's no value on either side for the hero. I mean, because essentially when Rogue or excuse me, when Storm kills him, she's really just getting rid of a bug on, of a windshield at that yeah. point. Mm-hmm. She's not. It's not like you've going. Oh wow, yeah, that that guy. It's going to be you know. You either root for him to die, or you're like, oh man, it's going to be tragic. But yeah, and that's think, hard to do with an ensemble cast, both sure. on the good side and the bad side, is to create sympathy and empathy for the characters. Yeah. Yep. So I guess I will end with my uh, tragic maker. Maybe you'll have sympathy for me because I didn't like how, okay. Uh, okay. So we've, I, I imagine we've all been in romantic relationships. Can't get head nods if that's accurate or anyone. Some more than others. Okay. <laughs> um, Some more romantic than others. Okay. Right. So I, I, I mean, for me, you know, you, you meet someone, you like them, you might, you might, maybe first physical contact is a hug or maybe you hold hands. Um, you don't usually start right off the bat with a kiss. Oh yet, my gosh. Are you Rogue, serious? Rogue apparently She's has awesome. never, Come on. has never, <laughs> never touched this boy at all. Yet yeah. he's in her room and yeah, studying. then they kiss and that's when we find out, oh, she has powers. Yeah, I that okay, she wait. I, a, I'm not done yet. Right, I'm not right, done yet. Right, right, For all, right. all she knows, he might just be having a stroke. Why does she think it's her so so acutely? Does she think it's her that she's screaming bloody murder at her mom? Yeah, Shut up, Anna Paquin. Um, with that, but uh, so yeah, that that was both annoying and didn't make sense to me. I agree. Or can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Okay. You agree? I, I like what I'm hearing. 
I agree. <laughs> I I felt that in some of my showings, like like how does she know she caused that? Because he could be tripping out. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were gonna say how how does she not realize by now that she has that power? Well, that because, too. I mean, well, the, the reason I think they explain either in other movies or other, she's a teenager, and that's when a lot of the uh, powers come out because of their emotion, their emotions and hormones are changing. So oh, so you're extreme. saying that day was her thirteenth birthday, and so. Bam! All Not every ex- mutant <laughs> gets their powers on their thirteenth birthday. You said they become teenagers. So Happy birthday! <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just it's during the a uh, heightened phase in their life okay. where it comes out. So all right, all right. That's oh, that. Man. I can I can explain half that. I can't explain the other half. Okay. I couldn't disagree with you more. I I, I loved it. I you couldn't was... agree with me more. Oh, no, awesome! I said, I'm so don't glad. you dare edit. Me. I don't I think disagree. I, you heard. No. I am hearing agree that you think Francisco. Wow. You are absolutely right about what you're saying. I think I Francisco's like... having a stroke or something. <laughs> I think so. Did Rogue just kiss you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Anyway, Mutiny successful. Oh my... I kissed the boy. <laughs> Uh, okay, can go ahead, Aaron. You disagree with me? Oh, I, I just think it's a great. I, I think it's a great moment. I love the manifestation of her power in that way, and I think that there's no doubt. It leaves in my mind no doubt that she's clearly had some reaction to her powers previously, so that she would understand. Oh my gosh, this is something happening that is relate that I can relate to, but it's happening in this big bad way now, mm. and it's gone too far this time. Mm. That's how I read. So you think she's made someone else go into coma, but she's like, "Oh, maybe that was <laughs> no, just no, no. maybe no, that, it was that was just a one time before. <laughs> now it's full blown coma. Like, the last oh. guy just got a rash. I don't <laughs> <Yeah>. understand. <laughs> My Agent Orange has acted up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Major Winifred. Uh, Dang it. Ah, I totally. Major, was it Benton Winifred Payne? I think, anyway. Yeah. yeah oh, Payne. darn it. Ah, that has been awesome. Anyway, okay. Where was I with that? Um, <laughs> oh, but I, so you thought the scene went well, it plays well. I do too on second and third view. And when you know what's going on, you're not thinking too much about it. I think it's a very well acted scene. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I feel like. She goes overboard with her act. Maybe, maybe her acting's what Brian Singer wanted. <laughs> maybe we could get him on the phone and ask. But, uh, <laughs> but um, I feel like that was overboard. She, I didn't like her character in that moment. I should say. But enough. Well, I, I'm, oh, I was gonna say that that I'm I'm partly on board with your perspective on that, uh-huh. uh, Francisco, and only because I think. I felt like that first part of the movie was a little bit rushed to get these characters introduced. And I think that's kind of what the, the, what the collateral damage was. And the fact that you had to kind of get her introduced so that she could meet up with Wolverine. So there was a little, you know, illogical path for her to, you know, Oh my gosh, I have these powers. I put a boy in a coma and I'm going to go to Canada now. So, I mean, I felt like those steps to get them together were, were plot holes and and they were a little bit long, rushed. But I didn't yeah, think they, it yeah, was I, rushed, but I could, well, I, I don't think the pacing was rushed, but I think the introduction of of those guys was because uh-huh. you know you're you're not getting any kind of 
frame of reference to go, okay, you, we're discovering her manifest, her power with her. Uh-huh. And so, you know, questioning why, you know, that's why I would look, I mean, she's a, she's a teenager, so she's going to kiss this boy or whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. I can, I can buy that, mm-hmm. but you know, what happens after that seems kind of illogical and, but then, I mean, I think you can kind of gloss over that when you start kind of getting into the rest of the film. So, Well, okay. So it's been a long time since this has happened. But you guys talking about this has triggered a retro, 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 rewrite. Re, re, oh, no. Where Francisco tells you <laughs> the, how the movie should have been made. Oh, no. Also called Francisco's Fabulous Fan Fiction. It's fabulous. Uh, <laughs> oh, all right. Here's how you rewrite that scene. You do away with all the stuff at her at home. You start off with Rogue going up in the truck to Laughlin City or whatever. She's like looks tormented and like like almost withered inside, and you can tell that she's starving, and you don't know you what's going on with her, what's happening. Um, and you start her off with the white in her hair, so you know it's Rogue. All you comic book fans, uh, and then. They get to Laughlin City, and the trucker is like makes a move on her, and bam, regrets it right away because oh, you don't you don't mess with Rogue, and she escapes into the bar where she sees Logan. I mean, quick, simple. You get a lot. Of, you can I I bet a good but actress the could have emotional impact, isn't it? There, maybe they were going for more of that. I think yeah, you could read that sense. though in in all yeah. that. I, I feel like there and there's a lot more. I feel like you could sympathize with her a lot more in that too. Uh, at least I, I think in it's my hard to create fabulous fan for fiction a hit, hitchhiker who gets uh, uh, on the wrong end of uh, of. Uh, well, you don't know why she's there, though. You, I well, mean, at that point. Um, I mean, I think the idea is to try to create sympathy for her. And I think it works better with the boyfriend and right. a, a quote unquote normal. All right, all right. Home. That's just okay. But that's me. that. That was it. I'm done with my fan fiction. Right. Uh, <laughs> but we Take have now entered all our targeting information into the firing computer. Alice, do you have a firing solution for us? Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready. On your mark. Do we rate X-Men a classic? We'd recommend anyone go out and see this, whether or not they've seen it before. A nostalgic, we'd only recommend a rewatch by people who obviously have seen it before, hence it being called a rewatch. Uh, but if you're new to this movie, uh, probably go watch one of the later X-Men uh, movies. Or a tragic, if you remember liking this movie, Great. Don't rewatch it and sully those memories. And if you've never seen it before, stay far away. Don't give it a watch. Uh, so how do we rate X-Men? Let's start with our guests. Uh, let's start with Patch. How do you rate this movie? Well, I guess my initial rating was nostalgic. Mm-hmm. And it got up there to classic world oh, uh, wow. until, oh. until the last... <laughs> Act and then it kind of dropped back down to nostalgic. So I, I'm keeping mine at nostalgic. Nostalgic. Alrighty, uh, Aaron, how do you rate X Men? Well, I started off with it being a classic, uh-huh. and while I will say that it was not quite as classic as I remember, uh-huh. I do think that it is one of the better X Men films that mm. still exist, mm-hmm. and I think that it is an essential starting point for an amazingly 
well done long franchise and so it is absolutely still a classic in my opinion okay and worthy of a watch by anyone as a starting point into the x-men world nice all right and um paul how do you rate x-men i also would know i'm sorry (laughs) you would know what (laughs) um i had a brain fart sorry you know what happens when your brain farts the same thing that happens to everything else yeah (laughs) (laughs) um like that joke unlike that joke i think this movie is a classic that uh everyone if you haven't seen it uh go out and see it i think it's really well done Mm -hmm. all right despite its flaws so that leaves us with a potential draw with two classics and one nostalgic if i were to rate this nostalgic which I don't. I actually think this is a classic as well. I, I think it's worth watching for the first time. Um, it's has a lot of good elements to it that are enjoyable. Um, some good quote quotable lines. Um, I, I think the effects on, for the most part, hold up. Maybe in HD, they may not so much. So I can't really speak from that. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I really I had fun watching this movie again. Especially getting to enjoy Hugh Jackman, Ian McKellen, and uh, Patrick Stewart. Uh, now, we also had uh, some patron votes. We had uh, two nostalgics and a, tr- and a classic from our patron votes. Uh, but because we have a uh, majority, the Retro Rewind podcast rates X-Men a disputed classic movie. So go out and watch this if you're, especially if you're in superhero-y type mood. Um, all right, guys, uh, let's move on to our feedback section. All right, Alice, uh, please bring up the communication satellites. Comsat online, receiving incoming transmission. All right, we have no feedback this time just because this is this episode will drop at an odd time, but we have some announcements. First off, you may, if you're listening to this the day it releases, you may know it's Monday. Why are you guys releasing on a Monday? Well, that's because... Uh, why do you know what day we release anything? <laughs> <laughs> because you're an awesome fan. That's why you know we always oh, release on Wednesdays. Oh. Um well, now you know. Now you know. And knowing's half the battle. But we are not going to cover G.I. Joe. We are actually going to be... The reason this is a crossover with Feeling Film, with Patch and Aaron, is because we're covering X-Men here. And if you listen to this and you're like, this was a lot of fun. I want to listen to more of you guys' banter. You can go listen to Paul and I on Aaron and Patch's podcast, the Feeling Film podcast, today. You can go right now and listen to us talk about the movie Logan. Because we just watched that this weekend. And so it's going to be, I'm sure, an awesome conversation. We're recording this before that. So I'm sure, hopefully, you guys better not let us down. It better be an awesome conversation. (laughs) Is this where Logan joins the Ninja Turtles? That's right. It's the one with the speed force. (laughs) Yeah. And the Iceman. I hurt myself because I don't have the healing power. So you may be wondering (laughs) what these guys are talking about. That's because we just got done doing our bonus stage for our patrons. Um, What that is, if, if you... 
maybe this is your first time listening to the show. Um, if you support us on Patreon for as little as $1 an episode, you get access to our bonus stage feed, which is we do um, our new tubes now there and we play games like we just played Erase and Replace. And one of the things we did was we decided that uh, Captain America should replace Cyclops. There should be no more Cyclops. And it's just Captain America all the time. Uh, so lots of fun uh, little things there that these guys were referencing. Uh, we also have commentary tracks there. Uh, we have some newer movie reviews. Lots of fun stuff. Uh, so hopefully you'll consider being a patron uh, by doing that. Uh, what you don't have to be a patron for and is open to all our listeners is uh, the movie is Cast Your Vote. Go RetroRewindPodcast.com slash Cast Your Vote and you get to vote on the movies we cover. Uh, we're right in the middle of our block of movies. X-Men wasn't one of them, uh, but because we're doing this cool crossover with Feel and Film, uh, but uh, we're going to return to our, our schedule here, uh, the five movies you just voted on here next time. Uh, but if we were to close voting today, say, I'm, these could change by the time we close voting, actually, uh, but these would be the next movies that we'd be covering. Uh, Tron, Newsies, Spirited Away, oh, and this is a new one, The Sword and the Stone, and uh, Disney's Robin Hood. So I support all of those. Pretty much all those. in some way connected to Disney. Because um, I think Spirited Away was distributed by Disney, unless yeah. I'm mistaken. So, yeah. wow, that's crazy. Um, so, uh, if you hate Disney and want to see Disney die, well, he already did. But if you want to see the movies, then go vote these down. Otherwise, if you like where they are, uh, you can add to the votes, voting them up to keep them up. Um, uh, Here but on the Retro Disney Podcast. Go check that. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, go check out RetroRewindPodcast.com slash cast your vote. you were going to start a vote up uh, uh, campaign. Oh, yeah. What movie was that for? Was Iron that Giant, for I think. Iron Giant? Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I have not seen the Iron Giant, so if you want to... Uh, vote up the Iron Giant for me to see and us to review on the show. Go do that. It's like in the 80s or something right now. Um, but, it can uh, quickly change. It can quickly change. It's all based on what you guys vote. And we like we love covering what you guys want us to cover. Uh, let's see. If you'd like to engage with us more than just a vote up or down, you can contact us via our Facebook group, uh, through Instagram or Twitter. Uh, we're at Retro Rewind Pod for some of those Retro Rewind podcasts for others. Um, do a Google search or go to our webpage. All the links are there. Uh, or you could leave us a comment on this episode, Retro Rewind Podcast.com slash 111 111. Um, all right. Now, before we head back to Nav Point Omega, Paul, take it away. You can find us on theretrojunkies.com, listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, support us through Patreon and PayPal, and follow us on Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, and Facebook. But if you want to find me specifically, good luck. (laughs) Or go to pauljpowers.com, I think. Oh, wow. It's a lot of luck. (laughs) (laughs) We're for a little bit of luck. We're for a little bit of luck. Wow. (laughs) So... Thank you so much, Paul. You're an awesome friend, awesome oh, host. I know I say you. it every time, but awesome Same YouTube. Oh, whoops. I'm it. sorry. I wasn't supposed to say that. Oh, but you want to be registered. So, you know, whatever. I guess people will know. Um, 
are your powers. You would not replace him with somebody, right? Exactly. Oh, by the way, Paul, did you ever figure out what elemental you would change your first name to from our moral, con- our uh, what episode? Uh, space camp episode? You never said. Like what if you're going to be mountain oh. powers or river powers. Or- I never thought about it since then. I'll have to think more about it. Until then, you're going to be volcano powers as far as I'm concerned. I'm like lava. Lava powers. Go. I like it. Your first yeah. name is lava powers. Okay. <clears throat> go back and listen to episode 109 for that. Uh, all right. Um, so thank you, Paul. Uh, thank you. Yeah. I also want to thank our... Awesome two guests, both Patch and Aaron. Uh, let's start with you, Patch. Where can people find you online, and is there anything you'd like to promote? You can find me at Shoeless Patch, S-H-O-E-L-E-S-S-P-A-T-C-H, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and you can also visit my website, thisispatch.com. Mm-hmm. I will uh, leave the show intro and uh Fine. I thought you were leaving my, the show. I'm going to leave the no. show. I'm out of here. Bye-bye. We're glad you waited till the end. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to let my, uh, my, my esteemed friend uh, Aaron give us a, a quick plug for our show. All right. And Aaron, thank you for this being your first time on the show. It was awesome having you. And apparently you're steamy or something. I didn't quite catch what Patch said. Esteemed. Esteemed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, Aaron, where can people find you online? Is there anything you'd like to promote? And also, if you happen to know what episode um, of Feeling Film our Logan episode is going to be, could you also say that so we could tell people where to go? Absolutely, guys. I, you know, it has been a lot of fun. I've been really jealous of Patrick being on you, you guys, with you guys for a couple of times now, Aww. and uh, so it's it's been great to get together. And do this episode, yeah. and then also get together to do our Logan episode. This is this is a great plan. We should we should definitely do it again some point uh, later in the year or something. Paul, are you here, shaking here. your head? No, no, I'm agreeing. <laughs> oh, okay. Here, here. Is it? I was afraid that was no, one of those Francisco. I agree, but oh my no. gosh. <laughs> A hundred percent with you, <laughs> except for that last part. Except for the part about us actually doing it again. Yeah. Um, I agree with you in theory, not in actual. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, if you want to find me anywhere online and chat, uh, you can always do that. You can find me at Aaron L. White, A-A-R-O-N-E-L-W-H-I-T-E, everywhere. Uh, if you want to find our show, you can find us at feelinfilm.com on Facebook. We have a Facebook group, kind of like the Retro Rewind podcast group. You can be a part of both. It is okay. What? I know. I'll have to look into this. (laughs) Uh, We're on Twitter and Instagram as well. Search and feel and film will find us. And episode 48 of Logan just dropped. Uh, That is our episode with Francisco and Paul. So please check that one out for some new Wolverine thoughts on the same old Hugh Jackman. Nice. Nice. Thank you again, Aaron. Thank you again, Patch. And most of all, thank you for listening. Uh, this was We had a lot of fun doing this episode, and we hope you had a lot of fun listening. I pray that you enjoyed this episode, and especially if you're having a bad day, you got to laugh a little bit or at least smile. Um, thank you so much for listening, subscribing, supporting the show if you're one of our patrons, or if you just share this podcast with your friends. That's That supports us a lot, too. So thank you so much. But like a Pokemon trainer, we got to catch you all later on the next episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Retro Rewind mission complete. Proceed to Nap Point Omega and return to base.
Does it ever wake you in the middle of the night? That feeling that one day they will pass that foolish law that the podcast is ended. <laughs> I feel a great swell of pity for the poor soul who comes to that podcast. <laughs> Aaron and Patch, stay away from our listeners. <laughs>